0: Hi, I'm Tashi from Paint by Tashi J. Bell on Instagram.
1: Hi, I'm Yonja from Germavolt.
0: And this is the Beauty Business Podcast, a podcast that focuses on the business and legal aspects of the beauty and fashion industry. So talking about PR as well as talent management, we're very fortunate today to be able to interview uh, Holly Smith from Sarah Humphrey's PR. Hi, Holly, how are you? Hi, Tashi. I'm great. How are you? Yeah, good. It's been a busy time right now with all of the holiday activities and events and releases. So it's been good.
1: Yeah, it's absolutely been crazy busy. I think coming out of COVID into a Christmas where we're not threatened by lockdown, everyone is really going bananas with parties and eventing.
0: Yeah, that's so true. Um, So if you could share a little bit about yourself um, for our audience, I think they would be very interested to hear from you.
1: Sure. Um, So I guess I was born and raised on the southern end of the Gold Coast in a beachy little suburb called Currumbin with my mom and my dad and my two younger sisters. Um, which I loved, you know, as a pretty sporty mm, kid, yeah. I loved, you know, running, swimming, nippers, touch It's very competitive. Yeah, you're um, quite tall as well, I, I am, yeah. and I was tall from a young age, so mm. I did have that edge over the other kids in my class. Good for you. Um, but, you know, I had a pretty great family life, my parents were really supportive of me and super encouraging, and I always think I was quite lucky like that, like they really encouraged me to be independent and to go to uni and have a career and... I guess kind of see the world and do the things I love. Um, Mm. And then I also, I guess I came from a family of girls. So I think what I realise now is I was probably always going to end up working in beauty. Um, really? <laughs> we're a family that loves beauty. You know, I've got two nieces now and if I'm visiting them, they're like, oh, rub the oil on my face. Like, yes. Let's do the gua sha. Oh, Auntie Holly, give us the goodies. Um, yes, they love the goodies. They love all of the little lipsticks and, you know, I, my poor dog got painted pink because I got into an eyeshadow palette. <laughs> Cute. <laughs> Um, but, yeah, so I think I, I kind of came from this beauty-loving family and, you know, my sisters and I were little kids. We would do, like, facials and do spa days and that was, I think, something that I didn't realise not every family did. Like, I thought it was, it was so just normal norm. to just get facials. Yeah. Like, I, I was lucky, very
0: lucky at bringing. Very lucky my uh, my mother preferred my brother so most of our activities were more i guess masculine like we yeah. she never did any like beauty stuff with me so uh, yeah i think you're very lucky to I, have yeah, such a be- lovely family and so supportive absolutely. as well
1: yeah so what did you study in uni um so i went to griffith uni on the gold coast and i studied a comms degree ah. um so i majored in pr and journalism i think I went into that degree thinking I was going to be a journalist because wow. I didn't really know what PR was, yeah. like, to be honest. As a, as a kid growing up on the Gold Coast, it's not like there's big, cool agencies. You know, this was before Instagram. Um, yes. So it's not like you could see mailers and all of this stuff that we can kind of see now and understand from PR. Yeah.
2: Um,
1: so I, I thought I was going to be a journalist. And then I was really fortunate. A family friend of ours owned a media agency and I ended up interning for them. It was a sports media agency and it was it must have been the year 2007. Wow. And I did the um, Olympic trials in Sydney oh like, gosh, as wow. the PR side yeah, um, for the Australian swimming team. But I was also at the same time interning at the local newspaper, the Tweed Daily News, I think it was. You had a so very I was, busy childhood, I think, <laughs> <busy>. <laughs> or teenage was, years. It was great because I could see, um, you know, what the PR side of things was and I Mm. could see what was happening in the newsroom and that kind of made me realise like, oh, PR is really cool and, you know, you're kind of like the puppeteer behind the scenes pulling the strings and like creating the angles. Um, Obviously, yes, journalists create angles too, but we kind of work on what those key messages are and and that's what we're pushing out. Mm. Um, So then when I graduated, I started looking for PR roles my mum's from Sydney, so, like, my grandma was down here and she's got some sisters and brothers. Nice. So I kind of figured I'd, I'd, I'd give Sydney a go. Yeah.
2: Um,
1: and I got a job at Buzz Consulting,
2: mm-hmm.
1: which was owned by Kirsten Carriol, who is the founder of Lanolips. Oh, um, wow. Okay. Yeah. So I was lucky. I guess I got a job in the beauty industry and um, – it was a great team that's where mm. I first met Sarah who's obviously the founder of SHA mm. I loved it there um, it was a smallish agency because she was working on LinoLips yes. and kind of yeah. building that brand so I think just before I started she'd it a bit to be able to focus on Lino um, mm. so I was there at the launches of like I think it was 2009
0: oh
1: my gosh and wow. we, we had the LinoLips launch event
0: my goodness um, and LinoLips yeah. is so huge now it's like a Big international brand that
1: everybody yeah. knows about. That's amazing. Yeah, really cool. um Yes, yeah, so I think after 18 months, I ended up resigning because I decided to move to London. Mm. Um, and I ended up spending two years over there, and Sarah connected me with some sort of her contacts because she had worked in London in her early career. Mm-hmm. And in London, I kind of did exclusively PR events. Wow. So it's kind of, a, I guess, it's a bigger market true. so true. there's lots of outsourcing events to kind of specific there is that here as well but i think back when i was kind of a junior you just ran the event yourself
2: mm-hmm.
1: um but so i was kind of i guess working with a production agency to to do pr events for like l'oreal and lvmh and s de Lauder. um which was great because it really gave me excellent training into how to run an event
0: i know especially um, with these big conglomerates that would have been like, such a valuable yeah,
1: experience. Like massive budgets. Like I remember, we created like life-size snow globes oh to do God. like a press showing, and like the products are inside the snow globes. Like it was really cool stuff that. Mm. But, and this was kind of before Instagram. Like they were mm. just doing it for an event that wasn't even going to be seen by anyone <laughs> but the press. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yes, yeah, so I, I really loved that. And then after two years, obviously my visa expired, so it's moved back to Australia um, and i kind of tossing up what I wanted to do. Did I want to move back to the Gold Coast? Did I want to move back to Sydney? And then uh, I got a call from Sarah Mm
2: -hmm. and
1: she was essentially purchasing Buzz Consulting from Kirsten and she was rebranding at SHA.
2: Wow.
1: Um, And she asked me if I wanted to come down and work for her and I was like, sure, let's do it. And been at SHA ever since and I think we turned 10 this February.
0: Oh, wow. Congratulations. Yes. Thank you. So you've been with Sarah right from the start. From day one, yes. Employee number one. And I forgot to mention that uh, Holly is also the general manager for uh, SHAPR. So that's like you're the top honcho. (laughs) (laughs) So um, tell us a little bit about your role as SHAPR.
1: Sure. Sure. Sophie said my job is general manager mm. but I guess in terms of how I would describe my role it's like a little bit administrative and mm. then I guess for a lack of better word it's like quite a lot of support mm. um, because you know we have I think 16 staff members at FHA wow. we've got over 20 clients so for me I've kind of got to be present for the team and present for the clients yeah. so that's kind of what my job is it's to make sure that the team has the support they need like they have the skills they need like they need to be able to service our clients and get results so I'm kind of working with them to make sure they can do that
2: mm-hmm.
1: um and so you know that could be sitting with them or working on a creative idea like what what mailer are we going out with what influences are we working with yes. um or also looking at results and what did and didn't work mm-hmm. um you know, if a brand's, got a exciting news like how are we going to pitch it out are we going to do a send out is it is it worth doing a send out like just looking at all of those kind of things looking at trends yes um and just making sure we're always learning and improving so I think that's kind of a big part of what I do and then as I said the other side is like admin so like Fridays is like finance and you know we're also a business so I've got to look at you know our cash flow and what invoices are owed to us and you know have all of the invoices for a job being submitted. And that's like, I think the side of PR that perhaps you kind of don't realize like when you're studying sees, at uni. I yeah, yeah. think You've it's got very, to...
0: a lot of glamour and like, you know, meeting famous yeah. people and, and having like famous yeah. events. But yeah, there's and a lot of work behind the scenes.
1: Totally. And you know, like the team has COVID. I could be packing a mailer. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's like, I think you wear many hats and you, if I'm really lucky I guess because I've worked my way up Yeah, that I have worked in every job in the agency almost so mm. you know if a staff member comes to me and they're like oh I'm really struggling with this I can be like well this is how I used to do it um so I kind of have had that visibility and I I, I can I can I guess relate to how they might be feeling when you're like "Oh, I don't yeah. know I just can't make it work and um, but yeah,
0: mentor to them as well I would assume
1: yeah I guess so.
0: teaching them about it. So so, from your point of view, what is PR all about? Oh
1: I mean, gosh, it's it's just about I, I find it really hard to describe what PR is mm. um, which is I guess kind of ironic because I do it every day. Um, but it's about looking at, for me, a brand's plan like their marketing plan and it's taking that and it's pushing it out to the media in a language that isn't super marketing Uh um I think do you know what I mean when I say that like we see ads and they're great and it's the lingo but actually we're trying to translate it into everyday relatable language
2: Mm
1: -hmm. um so that it's believable when someone reads it I think that that's one thing we do um that's really it's hard awareness. to do, isn't
0: it? Like, it is really
1: hard to do because brands always want their key messages to be like so specific and they'll um and R ah over a press release and I'm like at the end of the day, every magazine we pitch this to, every content creator is going to take this and, and turn it into their tone of voice.
0: Yes, that's true. So
1: yeah. we, have to, we have to take this and, and make it fun and relatable and cool and aligned with the brand values mm. um, and desirable, I think. Like PR is about making brands desirable. Yeah, um,
0: increasing visibility
2: and.
1: Exactly. It, it is, I think, it's really hard to track PR. Um, yeah. And that's, I think, one of the hardest things for clients because it's a feeling when it's working. It's not necessarily sales
2: mm, yeah.
1: um, or instant new followers on Instagram or, you know, yeah. a million new EDM subscribers. It's like, oh, this week, like, we've had, we have had more sales and like, Instagram seems busier and our engagement's up mm-hmm. and then you kind of look back and you're like oh well here are these 20 influencers posted about us and we had this great story live on you know body and soul or Harper's or Vogue so it's it's like a feeling and I think it's a collective like it a lot of things happening is, is how it works most effectively mm. yeah I like that um,
0: perspective yeah
1: yeah I mean, it is it is really tricky if a team has like a very strict CFO and they need like very specific dollar figure ROIs because you will never get that with PR. Um, But I think you will feel it when you turn it off and you'll feel it when you turn it on.
0: Yeah, for sure. I think um, some brands that I've worked with, like the smaller ones, I feel like uh, I often ask them to, you know, go and get a PR firm to help you because you know you're not getting the visibility of your product out there you know if you're trying to just do it by yourself you need the professionals yeah. involved Absolutely. so yeah i think yeah you can t- definitely tell when pr is turned on
1: <laughs> and, you can yeah, yeah. cuz it's it's just like and i think you would know this because you you're on the other side of i guess offense to me but it's relationships
2: Mm.
1: like PR comes down to relationships and you know we are at FHA a very beauty health and wellness agency Mm. which means we're constantly talking to beauty influencers we're constantly talking to beauty media Mm. um that's our whole job but if you're the CEO of the company and Mm. running the marketing and running the socials and doing all those things it's hard to build those relationships
0: that's so true yeah, I agree with you, yeah. And and now SHA is also doing talent management. That's very exciting. So how yeah. what would you think, what's the difference between like PR and talent management?
1: Look, I think for us, talent management is kind of a form of PR. Um, mm. So the talent we're looking after, I guess, are more industry experts. So mm. from my perspective, you know, over the years, we've worked with some really, really talented and fabulous founders and experts that there's actually become a bit of a sense of interest in them from the general public Mm. Um, or the media might want to talk to them because, you know, they love a brand agnostic expert that, you know, might be a dermatologist and can give them some really great insights on why this new buzz ingredient works or doesn't work. Mm. Um, So I guess when, when we say talent, that's kind of what we're referring to. I know there's like talent management that's influencers and like talent management that's maybe models. Yeah, models, um, yeah,
0: celebrities and
1: all that. Exa- yeah. yeah, exactly. So I guess what we're doing with the talent we work with is helping them to build their personal brand. So mm. securing them some editorial, like introducing them to the right people, mm. helping them refine their social media so that they can build brand relationships and partnerships with desirable brands for them. Um, You know, a doctor might want to work with a derm-approved skincare brand. So, you know, how do we build it so that they're desirable to that brand? Or, you know, a founder might want to be going out on the talking circuit. So how do we kind of build them up to be an expert that's known for, like, how to build a brand? Um, So I guess that's kind of what it looks like at us but Mm. at at SHA. Um, But as I said, I think in some instances, you know, talent management is probably like, a model agent or a booker so it's yeah. maybe a little bit more uh like you need to earn x amount of dollars in a month because it's it could be their sole income um mm. whereas most of the experts we're working with it's not their sole income yeah um but like no matter what i think even as a a model agent or a talent like influencer agent mm. there's still an element of pr and marketing because they are brands yeah that's true so you're working with them to build their
0: brand. Yeah, personal brands, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly. interesting. I've always wanted to know about that.
1: <laughs> I mean, um,
0: just like um, just off the cuff, um, I've noticed like, I don't know if you, you agree with me, but I've noticed like over the past few years, like in terms of influences um, and people that brands work with especially beauty brands like there seems to be more of a shift of a focus to um what I would call more fashion models or um uh, lifestyle type uh, yeah people because um before like um in 2019 before 2019 I think I've worked with SHJPR since 2015 I think um yeah. But before it used to be like um, a focus on uh, beauty bloggers um, and people who whose content were more product focused rather than focused on themselves like you know like uh, like girls who, whose pages are you know, beautiful photographs of themselves in, like, bikini outfits or (laughs) um, exercise gear and not so much about the products?
1: Yeah. Um, Like, yes and no, because I think where it comes back to for us is, our clients want to approve the list so mm. we can put forward recommendations but at the end of the day nine times out of ten they're probably signing off who we're sending to mm. um it's interesting a few years back when unboxing videos were like quite popular yeah we found some of our clients actually started getting i don't know if the right word is upset but like they felt they were lost because Someone might in, unbox like a hundred different beauty products, and they were like, "Oh, we just don't feel like we're getting the cut through." So right. I think that helped or shaped maybe the shift right. to being like, "Well, if this influencer's posting lots about fashion and we're the only beauty brand in there, maybe we'll get that cut through."
2: Right.
1: Um, so that I think did inform it a bit, and I think COVID did. I think you know when fashion influencers couldn't go to parties and there was no fashion weeks and stuff they all sort of started doing a little bit of skincare and a little bit of makeup um and so those lines started to get bloated and vice versa I think some influencers like beauty bloggers started integrating some kind of fashion stuff like uh, I see Hannah English does some great like yeah she does some really cool lifestyle stuff and um so does Ali Whittle she kind of started as a very kind of beauty blogger and and now I'd say she's doing kind of lifestyle like she's got some great fashion and she's still obviously like very much loves beauty um but I think that's where it started the shift happened for us was yeah like some of our clients were like oh we just there's a hundred products on her floor right now we're just one of them mm. um and so we started to look at ways that we could be the only one yeah um and then I think I do find with some of our brands which are probably less the beauty beauty brands we've got some kind of I guess lifestyle brands around us you know Mm. inner beauty and and candles and stuff like that it's about content that like brings you into their world and you know some of the girls we've been working with the Glasshouse, shoot the most amazing content like Mm. we had a beautiful candle launch earlier this year that was and fragrance um, inspired by Italy, and there was a whole bunch of talent that was influencers that were flying to Italy, and they shot some really incredible content for the brand. Um, so it, it it's ever changing, and I think it will continually ever t- continue to change.
2: Mm. I
1: mean, I think when one of the first influencers that we worked with at FHA in kind of a bigger capacity was Chloe Morello and Lauren Curtis.
2: Oh
1: yes, Sarah took them to kind of New York Fashion Week the resume gosh it would have been like 2014 maybe mm. um and those girls back then like were the be it all like they were the beauty gods they were yeah, the, yeah kind of only sure, one yeah um you're still like and, the beauty gods i think oh 100 percent. but like 10 years later we've kind of got like a bigger portfolio um so it's yeah and like someone like martha has come along and like sh- she's kind of creating this amazing and built herself up to be this amazing beauty influencer um, so I think it's like we're always looking for new stars and we're always looking for new people to work with I think it will just constantly and constantly evolve um, I think for us what's become really important is making sure our clients have like a diverse representation of talent
2: mm, um,
1: yeah. in the industry I think you know in Australia it's really important that we we do that and we remember that yeah. um, and yeah i i I mean I, i i definitely hear what you're saying i think it's it's transitioned a lot um and i think probably my final point would be sometimes when we're sending out to people we're sending out to people based on what the brand is looking for from a ugc perspective so they're kind of going this is what our feed looks like so we want to work with influencers whose content is easily integrated into the feed ah, that
2: so they can makes
1: grab sense. It, right? yeah, <laughs> exactly, so make sense right exactly yeah use of the um content
0: yeah exactly no, so no, yeah,
1: especially yeah. if they have a smaller budget so like yeah. that for them is you know a really great way of sourcing content yeah what what are your thoughts
0: I, like i mean to be honest i, I often so when, when um when i go to events these days like i see quite a lot of models and then I never see them post about the products. Yeah. I just, uh, and and I've heard a lot of them um, just resell Would the, they sell the products as a side hustle?
1: Interesting. Uh, to be honest, we don't have like a huge amount of models that come to our like beauty, beauty events. Mm. Um we had like a two times you event the other week for the Lara Webbington collaboration, and a lot of models came because it was like a very intense workout. Yeah, it's um, a model thing. Yeah, yeah, and and it's I guess it's a, It's for us. It kind of falls. We don't really do fashion, but the, this kind of launch was it's kind of wellness. Yeah.
2: Um.
1: But yeah, they I guess they all posted. Um, I think eventing wise. To date, we haven't – I mean, I guess maybe if you're throwing like a massive Tiffany & Co or Katia or like some of those massive YSL parties, yeah. your your guest list is, is a bit bigger. Mm. Um, we haven't really thrown one of those large events, so I haven't really experienced that. Mm. Um, the events I think we've had this year have been – More intimate? Probably, Yeah, I would say I think that's what we find works for us in the industry. I think, you know, a lot of our brands are founder-led – yeah. Um, and having 200 people in the room doesn't work because they can't say hello to 200 people yes. and have meaningful conversations with them, whereas, you know, an intimate event means that they can actually meet the journalist or, or meet the influencer and have a conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's really important. So, yeah, we probably haven't ex- experienced that in the same way that maybe some of those bigger brands that have those the massive budgets to mm-hmm. throw those parties well, kind of do
0: I'm, I'm very happy for you that's good
1: <laughs> That's good.
0: so what is a normal day at work like for you i think you kind of briefly already touched on it but um yeah
1: I mean, um, with like
0: you have like how many brands that you look after 20 brands and you have like 20, 16 yeah. staff that you look after that's quite a lot
1: of definitely a lot <laughs> yes uh it's kind of the office stroke that i do hr um yeah. But so I guess I usually get up, I, I like to exercise in the morning. So I usually just like, there's a real form of studios in my apartment. So I usually go there oh, okay. at six. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when I get home, I kind of scan my emails, I check my calendar. Like, can I be casual today? Do I have to actually get dressed? <laughs> um, and I usually get in the office at some time between like eight and nine. Mm. Um, we've obviously got a couple of international clients, so Usually have to kind of like check if anything needs to be actions that might have come in overnight from them. Mm -hmm. Um, Kind of have a scan of, I guess, deadlines and check in with the team as well. Like are we on track? Is is this going to happen? Yeah. Um, And then it's pretty varied. As I said, like I could be in teams, in meetings with the team. Um, It could be on client calls. It could be out meeting press or agents or influencers. Um, I guess I spend a fair bit of time kind of reviewing the team's work, making sure it's, it's good to go. Mm. Um, looking at reports, making sure that what we've recommended in our strategies is working. Um, I guess I, I'll have like little chats to the team through the day. I think we're pretty. Um, we're an open plan office. We're very conversational. Like we all have a little drink on a Friday afternoon. Oh, um, you know, nice. yeah.
2: uh,
1: Kate and I like to play hurdle and miracle and wordle and <laughs> as many games as we can. We love games. Um, yeah and it's just kind of I guess making sure everyone's in the office feeling supported um and has what it's they so need to do their job right
0: yeah I mean especially when you have a large group of um and not to sound like condescending or discriminatory, but like when you have so many females in the office, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's
1: yeah. I've yeah. tried to hire men. No one hire no no men apply for our jobs. Really? It's yeah, it's really funny. I'm like, gosh, we need a gay guy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I know.
0: They're to so bring funny. some fun. That, and and they always have the best taste, I feel. Yeah. Um, and they're very well, you know, knowledgeable with beauty and fashion
1: products. Oh, I mean, yeah, it's I think just, it's, yeah. It's, yeah. They really it's, take yeah, care of themselves. I know. It's it's weird. Like we've I think we've had one male employee in the past 10 years and we loved him yeah. um but yeah we just i don't know haven't found one yet sure we do have a male bookkeeper oh yeah he's, he's fantastic yeah is he gay everyone he is not he's married with kids uh, an eccentric <laughs> an eccentric british man but just he's yeah, good for accounting <laughs> he is That's he's
0: on us. um so uh, you know a lot of brands like emerging brands always ask me, you know, if they want to find a PR, like, you know, what what, what advice would you give to these brands that are looking to engage a PR
1: firm? PR. Um, gosh, I have lots of advice for brands that are coming to PR agencies because I think I, I see it a lot. Um, yeah. You know, I think the most important thing is to actually have a great product. Mm-hmm. I know that sounds like so... Weird, but you have to have a product that says what it does, yes. and that you really, really believe in. Yes. Um. Because we can get you all of the influencer content, we can send it out to all of the editors, but if people then go and buy your product and don't fall in love with it, yeah, you've got a bigger problem. And all of our work in the world is is not going to change that. Um. You want people to love it. You want people to fall in love with it, and you want them to want to buy it again and again and again. Um. And that's what I think some of our most successful clients have done really well. Mm. Um, I think that people don't necessarily realise that PR takes time. Like you're building a brand and, and we're building your brand position. Mm. I think in the Instagram and, you know, era of digital media, brands – See a lot of overnight success stories in the news, or you know, they'll see a story on the Daily Mail that says an influencer's posted about a product and it's sold out instantly and they're turning over a million dollars already. Um, and think it's going to be easy, mm-hmm. it's definitely not going to be easy. Um, you know, I look at Kate Morris and it took her 20 years of like very, very hard work and hustle to build a door beauty. Yeah. Um, you know, Anastasia Beverly Hills, it's a 25-year-old brand. I so, know. yeah. like, it's it's not going to be easy. You've got to be patient. Um, you need to invest. And when I say invest, you need to invest money and you need to invest time. Like, if you sign an agency, you actually have to work with them for it to be effective. Like, you need to have the wits. You need to be constantly talking.
0: What, what um, is, like, the, the – I don't know if I'm using the right – language but is there like a lead time that you would work with your brand to like what's the average lead time because a lot of these brands just expect don't realize oh yeah i think
1: that's it it's like we're launching our product in two weeks we need pr we want to do an event and i'm like oh my god oh god um so (laughs) very unrealistic yeah exactly at least three months so if you think of a long lead publication like vogue
2: yes they
1: work on a magazine three months before it's published yeah. like they will be working right now yeah. on their february march april issues yeah um so if you call us up and say we're launching in two weeks we want to be in vogue like it, it's physically impossible that mm. print issue for december is like done and dusted Don't and sent really, yeah. like um so th- three months at a minimum to be honest because we also need like eight weeks to put together a strategy and then three months to start implementing it. Um, So it it is like kind of a slow burn. It takes, as I said, it's a feeling, like you'll start Mm. to feel it when it works, Um, but it will take, you know, patience because you'll see money leaving your account. You'll be investing in maybe an event or you'll be investing in influencers and you are investing in the agency to run all of that for you and to make recommendations. that you won't immediately see sales. Mm. I think another mistake brands make is that you can kind of like plug it in and plug it and unplug it when, you know, we'll just do it quickly. We've got a launch. We'll just do something really quickly and then we won't worry about PR for until our next product is launching. Um, the brands that people come to SHA for, yeah. <laughs> the Lana and the Beauty Chef, they'll be like, I see it everywhere. I love that brand. Yeah, Those brands have been with us consistently like Lips, nearly well, over 10 years because sarah was working on them before she was you know back at buzz
2: yeah.
1: um and the beauty chef for a really long time so you yeah. know they might have massive projects that are really fun and exciting like lanolips just did that amazing messina Mac- collab Yeah, um that was but it's actually it's what we're doing in between that actually the maintenance work do the- you
0: bring ideas
1: to your clients like the
0: Lips messina one that was such a cute collaboration like that one
1: that's a Kirsten Cario dream. That's oh. so the founder came up with that one. But it, it depends. Oh, so okay. sometimes we'll work with brands. Sometimes we'll make recommendations. Sometimes a brand will come with us. Like a few years ago, I say a few years is probably a lot longer now. Sarah and I worked on the relaunch of like Impulse fragrances. Oh yeah. Um, and that was all FHA. Like we were, we signed. Uh, I think it was Erin Heatherton, who was like a Victoria's Secret model, and yeah. and Bambi and. Sarah flew to New York with them and, and created the campaign. Um, so it depends on the client. Like the structure mm. of that business was creative ideas were outsourced for some businesses when there's a founder. Like Kirsten is very involved with Lano um, and she's very creative. Like she's really cool. So, yeah. you know, it makes sense that those kind of fun ideas come from her. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it, it kind of depends. And that's why it is kind of important, as I said, to be regularly talking to your agency because that's how sometimes ideas happen. Like you'll have a conversation, and and like our brand manager might be like, "Oh, I had this idea," and all like, "Oh, we we've got this influencer like connection of this person," and you'll be like, "Oh my god, that's amazing!" Like yeah. what? I think last re- week, like Lily Rose Depp used an Anastasia Beverly Hills product, and like everyone in the office was like, "Oh my god, this is amazing! We have to do something with this." So it. it It's kind of like it's a bit of everything, Um, and it's about being agile and it's about being quick and kind of seeing a trend. And I think you know more and more trends are like arriving overnight and disappearing the next day. Like TikTok has really expedited virality. Um, Winning the
0: TikTok lottery.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's about being really agile. Yeah. Um, So I think how how
0: long? Like, I mean for like an emerging brand like um w- would you recommend for them to work with pr, PR. like your P- their, their pr firm or SHAPR? like i don't think three months would would, would cut it right i think you need a longer oh, time no like yeah like one honestly or two years. you need like
1: you need years yeah and yeah. i think where it's really tricky for smaller brands is often their startups they're like cash straps, that really have to watch all of their investment. And honestly, I think the most important step is having your marketing plan in place first.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so I know that maybe sounds a bit weird, but like PR is part of the marketing mix.
2: Mm-hmm. We're
1: not the entire marketing plan. Yeah. So for us to be our most effective and to help a brand, mm-hmm. they need to come with us and be like, this is our six-month marketing strategy. what can you do to help us elevate it yeah you know this is our edm plan this is what social's looking like yeah you know we want to work with paid partners and this is our kind of i guess pulsing moments where we want that happening because we've built a sale around it or we've got a new product launching um you know and we want to shoot a campaign and so we kind of need to see all of that and they need to have that in a really good place Mm. to get the best results out of pr yeah
2: um
1: they need to know who their customer is like they have to have a really strong customer avatar because i think a lot of brands will be like oh we're targeting this person but actually their customer is this person Mm.
2: um
1: yeah so it's like if someone comes with us and I think the other thing is like you kind of need digital spend, you need your SEO organized, you need your SEM organized. Mm. Um, if you're doing, you know, social media advertising on TikTok and Instagram, like that all needs to be kind of shaped um, so that we can complement it. Mm. That, I think that's, that's how PR works best when it's complementing a marketing strategy. Yeah. Mm. Um, You know, if you're doing none of those other things and you're only doing PR and a story goes live and someone reads it and lands on your website, but you can't follow them and you can't target them, then you're kind of only doing half the job.
0: Yeah, that's very
1: good advice, actually. So, But I would say, like, if you are launching a brand, like, at the very least, you know, reach out to agencies, like, five months before you launch, so that mm. at the three months mark, you're like, because obviously you want to shop around. Like mm. you need to talk to different agencies. Like SHA won't be the right fit for every brand. Yeah. There'll be like, there's just, it, it, it's just not possible. Um, so you want to find the person that's the right person for you, that you feel comfortable with, that you can have honest conversations with. Mm. Um, and that's in your budget yeah. at the end of the day as well. Do you,
0: um, have you um with uh well I mean SHAPR, have they ever um <clears throat> adjusted their their budget based on whether they find a product amazing?
1: So yeah, we definitely have adjusted um, budgets based on clients that we really truly believe in, yes. um, and that we really want to work with. I think you know we obviously have to be considerate of the clients we have in our agency and and we don't want to work with competitive brands, Mm. Um, like, or direct competitors, I should say. And Mm. obviously within the industry, there are some that, you know, colour cosmetics, you know, you can be like for like.
2: Um,
1: I think skincare, like, obviously there are some that are really similar. There are some that have some really cool, unique propositions. Mm. Um, And so we try to make sure that within this, with the skincare brands we're working with, that they all have a really solid position in the market that kind of doesn't cannibalize another brand. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think like something a lot of potential clients will ask us is like, oh, but how how will we stand out in your agency or just beauty? And to be honest, this probably comes back to your point earlier, Tashi, when you were saying brands are sometimes working with fashion influencers, sometimes beauty brands will go to a fashion agency because they want to be the only fashion brand in the agency, sorry, the only beauty brand in the agency. Right. Um, so, like for them, that's like, oh, we'll we'll be the, the unique brand. Um, and sometimes that can work, and sometimes that can't work because yes, that,
0: I've, you know, I've heard that. Like, there's, I've heard like some brands have been with more fashion related um, PR companies, but it doesn't seem to work out
1: for them. From well, I think from it, it what I've just, heard,
0: you know, like uh, yeah.
1: I, look, I, it, I think it probably does come down to like if we all of a sudden had a fashion brand at SHA, like I don't know, let's say Celine decides to come to SHA. Yeah. Um, you were killer, though. <laughs> you guys so good. But we don't talk to uh, fashion press. That's not what we do. Like, you know, there's I, like we know who they are. Like, yeah. obviously, there's some amazing stuff happening. And, but what we don't like, that's just not what we do. We don't. Talk to them regularly, whereas mm. we definitely talk regularly to all of the beauty editors. We definitely talk regularly to all of beauty influencers. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think it's it's, but with it's an the, interesting with idea. The
0: beauty editors. I mean, how much effort do you go? Do you talk to them like daily? Like,
1: um, look, yeah, because everybody wants like
0: free press coverage.
1: You know, but yeah, um, that must be um, hard work, isn't it? It is. Um, we have really made, a I guess, considered effort to get the team really strong and solid at pitching to the beauty press mm. so that when they're going to them, mm. they're not wasting their time. Yeah. So, you know, the team, the junior team um, meets either on Thursday or Friday morning because mm. and they all sit together and, and they chat about what's trending that week and what they go in a pitch mm. and they go out with kind of grouped pictures like this makeup look is trending this is how you create it um this is trending this is these are products you can use i think one of the girls just did one um for a nail brand um and she kind of pitched out at the moment apparently on tiktok uh, there's this kind of trend about what your nail color says about you and you know if you're wearing red nails you're going to attract more men yeah. Um. So we, we look for those kind of things so that it's actually of interest to the journalist. I think most journalists would probably say their inboxes are absolutely insane. Yes. Um. So if you're going to send it, make sure it's worth their time.
2: Yeah.
1: I think most people would say that. I'm sure you would say that. It's like a, a, a generic email that could have been copied and pasted to 5,000 people probably isn't going to get a response. But, you know, a targeted specific personalized email will and so we kind of i guess yes we talk to beauty press every day but there's a big group of them and we're not saying people every day yeah Yeah. um yeah so it it, it's just about being specific i think and Mm. and saying you know we saw that um harper's Bazaar has been writing heaps tiktok trend stories here's some really great tiktok trends we've seen and these are products you can use to create in that home yeah um, but yeah, I think you
2: know.
1: Uh, yeah, we. So it's it, it's our job. <laughs> almost like
0: PR is like constantly. You also constantly have to be on top of all the trends, isn't it? Yeah, to come. Yeah, yeah, to do. Yeah, the pitch the ideas. Absolutely. So what? What are some of the trends you're seeing? Like one or two. Um. I think. Is there more of a focus on TikTok?
1: Because I feel TikTok. Like, TikTok trends, I think TikTok trends, absolutely. I yeah. don't know that, I wouldn't say Instagram has been leading trends. No, no, um, yeah. I think TikTok, also like our clients like TikTok because they can get insane reach. Like True, yeah. You, it's just, we can't get that on any other platform, like not on Instagram, not on YouTube, maybe a Daily Mail story.
2: Yeah.
1: But kind of nowhere else sorry i'm gonna cough cough. i need some water as
0: well i'm losing my voice (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i get it with tiktok for sure i mean like what if somebody like just hits like the tiktok lottery or does uh, a tiktok that is of something that's trending, they also get that kind of reach. So,
1: yeah, I actually get Yeah, you kind of get double virality. You get the TikTok viewers and then you get the people that might read the story about the TikTok viewers. Mm -hmm. Um, Look, to be fair with Instagram, it's probably if a celebrity is seen using or wearing a product on Instagram, that's where a story might come in. So I think I saw like a Daily Mail story, for example, the other day about Abby Chatfield using a product and then that product went crazy
2: yeah. um,
1: because Abby spoke about it. Or like I, I think you often see that, you know, Martha – back in the day, Martha really did sell out a product for one of our clients. You yeah. know, it was a small startup brand. They obviously didn't have 100,000 units. They probably yeah. had a small run. But she used their mask. They got 1,000 followers in 24 hours and, like, people were buying the product.
0: What do you think Um, about these maths, um, celebrities?
1: I personally, I do not watch reality TV. Like I have genuinely never watched a reality TV show. I don't think it. like, I don't, I couldn't tell you anyone. I think I remember being in like grade eight and it was all about like big brother because I lived on (laughs) (laughs) like Sarah, Sarah Marie or whatever her name is, um, with her bunny ears. And that to me is like, I was just like, I don't get it. Yeah. Um, Look, I think it depends who you sign with afterwards as to how your brand can be built. I think Martha and Abby have done exceptional jobs at building their personal brands. Um, You you know know
0: what? Because I think they come across as... um, Authentic. Authentic, yeah. Natural and real.
1: Yeah. Like, I mean, I didn't watch either of their shows. Yeah. And so I have no... I guess context of their personalities on those shows on or those how they shows, were portrayed yeah. or edited. Like for me, I, I genuinely have no idea.
2: Yeah.
1: That um, yeah. So it's it, I guess it's a tricky one for me to comment on. But yeah. I do know, as someone like my friends, you know, they're in their mid thirties. Yeah. They might watch reality TV, and I've still yeah. got friends from high school, and they love them. Like they love some yeah. of these. Like maths and I don't, I don't know what the other one is Ma- that is married at person like. um the other one that they the bachelor
0: the bachelor like love oh, them. yeah that's yeah. true yeah and there's love triangle now um oh gosh, that you probably um, haven't um, seen <laughs>
2: yeah i'm, I'm actually <laughs> no.
0: personally i'm a, a bit obsessed with love triangle because i don't know yeah <laughs> it's it's uh it's not the most uh intellectual type of show <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah the, the, it is entertaining yeah. I've heard I don't know if you've heard this but like I know like people who um uh audition for almost every reality show because they think that they're going to become like a Martha or an Abby chat Chatfield. feel is it yeah
1: chat yeah. look I yeah I have I I haven't really heard that but it's probably because i'm not really in that loop but i think i would kind of say like i personally i think abby and and martha are probably the exception to the rule like yeah um i think like it probably looks like they just kind of rose to fame but i i think they've put in a lot of work and work hard a lot of effort to, to be where they are and yeah i also think and you probably know this like creating content is hard it's um, hard. It's very time-consuming. It's really time-consuming, and they yeah. obviously put in a lot of time and effort yeah. to that. And I don't. I I don't think Abby wants to be an influencer. I think you know she wants to be, in, and she a is. Right, like, a, yeah. she's a businesswoman. She's yeah. a media personality. Entrepreneur. I don't, yeah. Yeah. She doesn't really I do. Mean, props to her. She she yeah. does.
0: You know, I can see that she's hustling hard, but um, like there are others who. Um, just... I, I
1: absolutely believe a lot of them just go in there and like, I'm just going to make a lot of money really yeah, quickly and yeah. disappear. Um, and, and look, some people covet fame. I, I, I'm i not one of those people. So for me, it would yeah. literally be my worst nightmare. Um, yeah.
0: But, you know, some people love the spotlight. That's true. Um, what advice would you give to those who want to start a career in PR?
1: Ooh. Well, I think it's a tale as old as time, That do internships. Um, oh, I yes. think I this year we've we've hired a lot of people and yeah. a lot of junior roles, to be honest, and industry. Remember that and-
0: that little girl that I sent to you guys for a PR? Uh internship? I think this was like twenty nineteen maybe. Gibbs. Absolutely. Her last name was Gibbs. Oh, gosh. Yeah, that was ago. <laughs> I'd have don't to look worry. in my
1: inbox. Yeah, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> look, but I yeah. can remember all of the girls this year. Yeah. Um, no, like I, I look for that when I am hiring. Like if I'm looking for a CV, I'm looking for someone that had hustle at uni and did mm. internships. And I yeah. do appreciate for girls and guys that have recently graduated yeah. that maybe internships were a little bit tricky. Mm. But, you know, I think it's super important that you do them because, there is so much you learn on the job. True. Um, You know, and I think we've hired, we have hired plenty of interns over the years. You know, we've got two staff members right now that were interns. Yeah. Um, Like if we see you in our office, like putting in the work and having the hustle, we're not going to let you go.
2: Yeah. Um,
1: So that's, that's super important, I think. Um, And I think when you are interning, as I said, like kind of make yourself indispensable to the team. So, you know, the uh, SHA team's biggest pet peeve is if an intern comes in and they pack a mailer and then they leave and there's like boxes everywhere and tape and products like mm, that's if you're, you're interning an intern. yeah. clean up after yourself yeah. you know come in look the part like yeah. be professional I mean yeah. don't wear heels because you're gonna hate your life but like to look professional look <laughs> yeah. as if you're working in PR um, yeah. you know we're a beauty agency like you kind of do need to have your makeup done sometimes all the time but sometimes um i always think like try and work with the team like if someone's doing a coffee run walk with them so you get to build relationships like pr is a relationship based business so you know if you can you know win over one of the juniors on the team yeah they're the ones that are going to vouch for you when we're like oh we're hiring them but like oh my god we love that intern we want her back and that's usually what happens with interns like one of the kind of junior staff members that have packed mails with them will be like, they were amazing. They mm. listened to everything I said. They asked yeah. all the right questions. Um, I think the other thing I would give any advice I would give someone wanting to kind of work in, in PR is you kind of need to, well, if it's beauty, you need to love beauty. Mm. But I think PR across the board, you kind of need to love the media. You need to love content creators. You need to watch YouTubers, Um so, like, if I'm interviewing someone and they will be like, oh, yeah, I, I love Lee Campbell. I love listening to her on your beauty or, you know, um, love, you know, the content and Alga's creating. Yes. Love Hannah English. Love Chloe Morello. Then I'm going to be like, oh, you do love beauty. Yeah. And you consume beauty. Yeah.
2: Um,
1: so you're going to be an asset to my team because you're going to be going to me, oh, you have to send this product to this content creator or, did you hear today on New Beauty? They were talking about this, or on Skinfluence, they were talking about that. Mm. Um, at the end of the day, we need to consume the media to be able to pitch them the stories they want and give them the information they need. Um, so, if you don't read the media, you probably are not meant to be working in PR. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good
0: tip. Yeah, no, I think a lot of people find it very valuable.
1: But yeah, I think
0: yeah. That I mean, it's, do you it's, hire I, people based on looks?
1: <laughs> I don't no, awful, awful <laughs> question. <laughs> uh, I do not. I have hired the last two people over the phone without seeing their faces. Oh wow!
0: Because I, I um, you know, honestly, like I'm not trying to curry favor or anything. I find every PR person that I've met they're attractive. They're beautiful.
1: I guess it comes yeah. with the
0: job, right? I mean, like if you're doing PR, you have to kind of be beautiful. I don't
1: know. I I don't know. Um, <laughs> look, I think, I think it's kind. Of, look, it's a somewhat, I guess, vain industry mm. to work in beauty.
2: Yeah. Um,
1: it, like yes, there is. I mean, gosh, before I came to Sydney, I don't even think I realized what designer was like on the Gold Coast. I thought designer was Mimco. <laughs> <laughs> um do you know what I mean? Like yeah. you end up in this also I think that the world of PR lives in the eastern suburbs of Sydney. Yeah. Um not not necessarily I guess now, but when I started it did. Yes. Um now obviously there's agencies in Byron and yeah, the Gold Coast and, and that sort of stuff. Yeah. But Byron's also very cool and, and yeah. people are very beautiful up there as yeah. well. Um but I think look there is probably a sense of I don't know, you like I see schoolgirls walking around with Chanel bags in the eastern suburbs. Um, so it's, yes. It's, yes. It's, it's it's kind of where a product of yeah. the industry we're in, in a sense. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we do obviously like look after our skin and have treatments, and you know, I guess try and for me, like, I, I like exercising because I think I would go mad without it. Yeah, um, yeah but I look, I think there is probably, I, I don't necessarily know that PR pays what people think it pays if they look at what publicists have on Instagram I think that maybe there could be family money for some yeah. girls and yeah. guys. Um, <laughs> yeah. I could be wrong
0: no I totally get it yeah I understand so for people who want to um reach out to Sir Humphrey's PR where where sh- what's the best way
1: um I usually say the best way is to call the office Call the um, office. Oh. Call the office. We do answer the phone. Because people then, don't
0: really call anymore, do they? They just send an email or some GM yeah.
1: or something. But, well, and I think that's the thing. Like people will email us, but I won't necessarily be looking for their email, if that uh, makes sense. Good so if I, if I don't if I don't know their name yeah. and my inbox is out of control, for sure. I'm not so like generally you'll probably call the office. It's highly likely that Sarah or I will be unavailable to speak. Yeah. But someone in the team will take your details, they'll give you our email address, nice. and then they will email us and say this person is is going to email you. Yeah.
2: Um,
1: what I prefer to do is I like to email them back like an overview of our agency and our retainer structure so they have context of how we work mm. um, and context of the kind of prices that they're going to need to be able to afford.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, I don't mean to sound rude, but, like, I, I don't have a lot of spare time, so I don't have a spare two hours to kind of sit and chat with someone that can't really necessarily afford to be in the agency, and yeah. to, to kind of give them advice and, and help yeah. them shape their brand. Like, I would That's love fair to, to do that, That's fair but enough. it's yeah. just there's only so many hours in the day, and I have to yeah. prioritize. You know, our staff and our clients. Mm. So. I I kind of want to make sure that they're aware of those kind of costs and, and if they're comfortable that that might be something that they have to pay if they're working with us, mm. then, you know, we will set up a call and have a conversation. I also like to send them kind of a briefing form beforehand to be like, think about this. Like, yes. It, it, where do you want to be seen? Who do you think your competitors are? All of those kind of questions so that when we're having the conversation, it's, I guess, got an agenda and it's shaped and it, it doesn't waffle on. Mm. Um and it can be constructive. Yeah. Um, and from there, it's, I guess, a, a lot of brands will kind of shop around. They'll talk to us. They'll talk to, I don't know, like a TMC or a Stark Matthews or One Daydream. Like, there's obviously a few kind of lifestyle beauty agencies that are around, mm. um, and kind of decide who the right bid is. Um, mm. And then it kind of goes from there. But yeah, I would I would always say call the office, um, send it, and then send an email.
0: That's great, yeah. So, um, you guys are online. So, uh, what's your website?
1: Yes. Oh, I believe it's www.shapr.com.au.
0: Easy. So they can find all of the details that they need on there. They
1: can, yes, yeah. they can definitely find our phone number on there.
0: Wonderful. Thank you so much, Holly, for for this amazing interview. Um, sure. Yeah, I I always find that our audience is uh, very interested in what PR is and what talent management is all about. (laughs) So I really appreciate your
1: time today. Not a problem. I hope I have given them help and not made them all confused.
0: No, I think you've made it very clear. Thank you. Thanks, Tashi. Thank you so much for listening. Yes, I mean, truly appreciate you listening in. If you have enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a rating and a review. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and iHeartRadio. You can also find us on our website, thebeautybusinesspodcast.com and Instagram at the Beauty Business Podcast.
1: And on Facebook
0: at the Beauty Business Podcast. Feel free to email us at info at the beautybusinesspodcast.com or DM us if there are any issues you would like us to cover.
2: Thank you. Thank and you, and we hope you, join you will us join us for our next for our episode. Next episode.